All right, welcome back to another episode of the Podium Pusher podcast. As always, my name is Justin. Super excited to be here with you guys today. I'm here with Brandon. Brandon, tell them how you're doing. Doing good. Happy to be here. Excited to be recording this podcast with you guys. Um, yeah, it was a you know great weekend of racing, and I'm just happy to uh, be able to talk about it with you, Justin. It's gonna be good. This is pretty exciting. This is the first time that we've gone back to back weeks. And I gotta say, I'm pretty pumped about it. Yeah, this is uh we just had the race so we are kind of directly recapping it we get to look back on our predictions we made last week which is super exciting that's going to be fun and we get to yeah we get to go back to back which is always good um so yeah yeah i think it's going to be incredible i know that i am sad that there is no race this weekend but never fear there will still be plenty of podium pusher content to go around so don't you worry about it this past weekend was the japanese grand prix if you had to recap the sentence give a one sentence rundown of the japanese grand prix what would that sentence be brandon so my one sentence recap is going to be the tale of two red bulls (laughs) that that is the one sentence recap um so yeah um but the good news on the other hand on the other side of that while one red bull did really well the other one did not so well red bull as a whole are constructors champions for 2023 which is two times two years in a row and they're sixth overall which is really impressive for a team that just started in 2005 if you think about it so yeah, that is pretty impressive from them. Cool to see them win the Constructors Championship here in Japan. If you think last year they won the Constructors Championship in Austin, well, we were there, um, but they won the Drivers' Championship in Japan. So maybe this year they won the Constructors Championship in Japan. Now they'll win the driver's championship in Austin while we're there. So I think it's going to work out that way. It'd be perfect. It, it would be perfect. I, uh, it's going to take a lot from Sergio and not very much from Max for that to happen. But, you know, we can always hope it is mathematically possible. Uh, it yeah, is mathematically for sure. possible. For sure. Um, let's just talk about Sergio Perez this weekend. We'll get into Max Verstappen. We'll talk about him later for sure but Sergio Perez I mean what an awful weekend he had this weekend um you know his qualifying it wasn't great he had that 1.4 second gap to Max Verstappen after the first run uh and I saw that and I said man uh, not getting off to a great start here uh and then his weekend just got bad from bad to worse he had the contact on the opening lap, made him have to go pit. Then he ran into Kevin Magnuson when he was trying to go through the field. He retires, gets a penalty, unretires to serve the penalty, retires again, goes down as a DNF, maybe one of Sergio's sloppiest weekends in Formula One. Just not a great showing from the Mexican driver this weekend. Yeah, yeah, it was... Uh... 
kind of sad to see as somebody who I've always liked Sergio. He's a cool guy. And, um, but yeah, he just seemed like he started on the wrong foot this weekend, uh, right from the beginning, from the first couple of practice sessions. I think you could see clearly that he wasn't on the same, uh, level as Max with his pace. And, um, you got to see that quantified in numbers in qualifying with almost an eight tenths of a gap um, in Q3 when Max got pole, which is a pretty significant margin um, to lose to your teammate by in qualifying. And then obviously you just went over what happened in the race and that kind of speaks for itself of, well, Max was uh, dominating the race. Sergio was kind of uh screwing around in the back of the field <laughs> but yeah yeah not, for sure not a strong showing but you know sergio i will say whenever he's he tends to have a really bad weekend like this he tends to bounce back decently well um i mean sometimes when he has poor weekends little string together but when he has a really bad weekend i feel like he's been able to bounce you know bounce back decently well um in the past so we'll see what happens uh at in qatar but i hope it hope it turns out better for him than it did this weekend in japan it it can't turn out much worse that's that's one thing i know for sure um that's but, that's uh, true i mean retiring I twice from the sec from the same race is pretty bad so i know i've been seeing all those like memes online where it's like two red bulls retire just happens still wins the race. Uh, <laughs> that that is, is pretty good. It's good stuff. Just, right just unbelievable, unbelievable. But yeah, not not a great weekend for Sergio Perez. My one sentence rundown was an unexpected potential challenger for 2024. Um, I'm talking about McLaren. I think McLaren had another strong weekend. I think Oscar Piastri. Had a great weekend going into qualifying. This was his first time ever racing at Suzuka. And he put it on the front row, which I think was pretty impressive from him. Obviously, Lando Norris overtook him and had the better race and brought home another P2. But Oscar still came home in P3 for his first podium. And I think it's looking more and more likely that McLaren are going to keep going up the constructor standings. And I think that, you know, if, if they have this strong ending point to the year then i think they'll be able to overcome what has been their biggest plague over the past two almost three seasons which is just starting slow and having a bad car right off the bat and so i think if they continue this momentum through the end of the year and and have a really strong starting point uh i think they could they could be in for a, a stronger 2024 than some of us might think you know we've been thinking you know we just need ferrari to get back or mercedes to get back but Maybe we've all been been sleeping on McLaren a little bit, and they could be an unexpected challenger for next season. Yeah, I think so. I, I totally agree with that. It's it's really encouraging to see because, as I mentioned last week, I really do like Lando. I think and and Oscar too. Um, but you know, I think they're both really cool young drivers who seem to uh, just have a really really good handle on the cars that they drive. Um, you know, sometimes those cars aren't very good, but they, uh, you know, they trust the process, they trust the team and they, 
uh, get the most out of the cars, or I think Lando has at least, and Oscar's definitely figuring that out. And I think with Oscar putting it on the front row and qualifying and then finishing in P3 for his first podium in Formula One, uh, I think for me that really kind of sealed the deal of like Oscar Piastri is is the real deal and he's here to stay. Um, you know, it's a pretty impressive performance from a rookie, um, especially given, like you said, where McLaren started out this year. I mean, truly kind of just petering around at the back of the field and they they've really turned it around. So hats off to McLaren and uh, Oscar and Lando for um, sticking with it. And I, I agree. I think we're going to have a closer fight. Uh, next season, which we kind of talked about last week as well, but I think McLaren will be up there. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. That's exciting. Yeah, that is super exciting. Um, and um, you know, I think back to last year, a team that that had a strong finish to the season was Aston Martin, and then they came back this year and you know had an incredible start to the season. It's turning out that that maybe isn't quite the Cinderella story that we all thought it was going to be this year. But, you know, I think if if we saw something similar play out in McLaren with there not being a super big regulation change next year, I would not be super surprised. Yeah, definitely. You know, Aston Martin uh, unfortunately has fallen off the pace a little bit, but McLaren, I think, you know, if they can start at a better place um, at the beginning of 2024, there's, I think there's a lot that's possible for them uh, next season. And McLaren has always, for one thing, been good at developing throughout the season. Whereas maybe, you know, Aston Martin right now, it's looking like they didn't do a great job of that this year, but McLaren has been pretty solid um, over the last three three or so years about developing throughout the season. So if they can they can find a good place to start at the beginning of 2024, then I think it's all to play for. There's it's all all out there on the table. So yeah, so all right so we got some key takeaways that we can go through this weekend. First one, clearly Max Verstappen just dominated the field this weekend led all of the practice sessions, put it on pole, won the race. I mean, what a performance from Max. And it truly felt like he wasn't even trying. Truly, it did not. Definitely uh, the revenge tour that we expected after after Singapore. Um, just from the very beginning, from the very first practice session, Max was flying and you know like you said felt like he wasn't even trying felt like he was uh back to his old 2023 form pre-singapore and you know didn't didn't put a foot wrong in the race and you know paid off for him big which is awesome to see him win another one and uh obviously red bull get the constructors like i mentioned earlier that was cool so Hopefully we'll run it back again in uh, in Qatar. We'll see what happens. <laughs> but we will see yeah. what happens. Yeah, I mean, it it felt like one of the races and like the 
middle of his winning streak. You know, the past few races there had at least been some some drama and some suspense. But this was just one of those races that Max Verstappen waltzed away with it. it. Seemed like a Sunday drive for him, literally, and just that that he was in a league of his own. Didn't didn't even have to try. Um, and I, you know, I think if you really contrast that to the weekend that Sergio Perez had. And yes, with Red Bull winning the Constructors' Championship, clearly they built an incredible car, but I just think it continues to speak more and more to Max's talent and maturity and just the way that he's driven this year. is just he is, he is undoubtedly the best driver in Formula 1 right now. Uh, and I think that's pretty clear. Yep, absolutely. A worthy champion uh, for, you know, 2023. Worthy double champion, Constructors and Drivers. For Max. Well, he uh, hasn't locked up. Though. He hasn't locked up the drivers yet, so we don't. We don't want to. We don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves. Fair enough, but you know, <laughs> it's 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 we're ninety nine percent of the way there, so it's possible. Yeah. But we uh, we would have if that happens, we'll have a couple podcasts that are that are going to be over an hour for us dissecting all that. <laughs> had to happen yeah. for Max to not win the driver's championship this year. Yeah, we'll be talking about that stuff for years to come. That would be yep. wild. That would be wild. Uh what was your first big key takeaway from this weekend? Uh first big key takeaway. Um it, honestly I kinda already touched on it, but my big key take first key takeaway is Oscar is here to stay. Um obviously he did sign a, a contract extension with McLaren recently. Um, so that is pretty cool. But he followed that up with a his first podium finish. And he um, did have a really good race. Lando did overtake him. But um, Oscar still drove a really solid race. And that was really cool for me to see. I enjoyed watching him drive. And that's a great thing. Yeah, for sure. Um... I think um, I looked at the the driver standings and there is a pretty sizable gap between him and Lando. Um, and But I just think his performance this weekend um, just really solidified himself uh, within the team and, and within Formula One for seasons to come. I think the how, how small his gap is to Lando as a rookie is incredibly impressive and obviously he's just going to continue to improve continue to get more familiar with that car continue to embed himself within the team so i really am excited to see uh what oscar piastri can do in the years to come and and also how that that team dynamic uh develops within mclaren uh, because i think lando hasn't really had anyone to like challenge him for that number one driver role since Carlos signs left. And I think there has been maybe a little bit of, of showings of annoyance from Lando Norris whenever he didn't get his way, you know, getting around Oscar as early as he wanted to in this Grand Prix or just uh, some instances when he was teammates with Daniel Ricciardo in 2021 for sure. And so it'll be interesting to see what that team dynamic is and how Lando acts whenever uh, he gets uh, a little more challenged by his teammates. Yeah, I'm definitely excited to see his reaction to that and uh, kind of just how he handles it because, like you said, 
there's not really anybody who's challenged him for the number one driver role yet. And so watching him deal with that and watching him, you know, uh, manage his relationship with Oscar will be interesting as time plays out. And hopefully they both get more and more successful. Hopefully so. Maybe we will see them fighting for wins next year. And that would be super awesome. My second big takeaway from the race weekend is I think Lewis is going to overtake Sergio for P2 in the driver standings. I think the writing is on the wall. I think Sergio Perez just, I think his confidence is wherever the floor is, he is 70 feet below that just with his confidence. He <laughs> uh, doesn't trust himself with that car. He doesn't believe in his abilities. Um, you know, obviously I don't know what the inner workings of Red Bull are and how much support he has from the team. But, you know, in the past you get the whole, you know, Gasly staying till the end of the year and then Gasly gets dropped a week later. So whatever they're saying to the press, who knows if that's true or not. Um, so I don't know what, what the inner team dynamics look like, but it's just bad performance after bad performance. I think Lewis Hamilton has had a bit of an underrated season. We talked about that some on our uh, mid-season review. I said that I think Lewis has been having a pretty underrated season, but I think he's losing some of that, that underratedness. People are starting to see he's up in P3 in the driver's standing. He just keeps putting in solid performance after solid performance. Uh, I, I think he'll catch Sergio if things keep going the way they're going. Yeah, I agree. Unless unless Sergio can turn things around, um, Lewis is definitely going to be able to catch him. He's only the 33 points behind Sergio right now, which there's six races left in the season. Is that right? Yeah, six races and three sprints. So plenty of opportunities to score some points. Yeah, if, if Sergio um, doesn't, you know, beat Lewis handedly a, a couple more times, then Lewis is definitely going to catch him. It's not, it's not going to be enough for Sergio just to kind of be squeaking by in, in P6 through P10 anymore. If he wants to hang on to P2 in the driver's standings, then uh, he's going to have to be up there with Max and fighting for podiums. Yeah. I mean, if, if he loses P2 in the driver's standings, that is – that is going to be incredible because I there have been people saying that the RB19 has been the most dominant car ever built. It, you know, for the longest time, it looked like they were going to win every single race this season. And Mercedes haven't even been the second fastest car for the majority of the races. They've barely been top three for the majority of races. So if Lewis Hamilton yeah. finishes ahead of Sergio Perez, I mean... If that happens, I would be astounded if he is in that seat next year. I mean, I know he has a contract, but that doesn't mean anything in Red Bull. So I would be, <laughs> yeah, I would be shocked. I mean, yeah, definitely. If yeah, if he loses that, I think you know, in that scenario, the writing is on the wall, and you got to get him out of there because you have so many, so many drivers who are. A excited to have that seat at Red Bull and B probably more capable than Sergio, as much as it pains me to say that. Um, yeah. I mean, I can think of 
at least two off the bat and maybe a third um, with Daniel Ricardo, Yuki Sonoda, and Liam Lawson. Those three drivers would be more than happy to take that off of Sergio's hands. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, it's just crazy. I mean, I did see in the the announcement of the AlphaTauri thing that uh, there's been rumors going around that Liam was willing to accept that reserve role again and not talk to other teams because it guaranteed him a race seat for 2025. And so, I mean, I don't know what that has to do to Sergio Perez's contract, but to know that there's already one, or Sergio's confidence to know that there's already like one driver, uh, you know, slotted in for 2025 out of the four seats. And of all the drivers that have been performing, his has been the worst. So one driver's going to have to lose the seat. And, and right now, I think it would be easy for him to look at himself and be like, well, that might be me. Yeah, maybe maybe Sergio will retire and leave gracefully before uh, before Doctor Helmet kicks him out. So maybe so, maybe so. That probably we'll see. Probably be best for him. All right, what's your next big key takeaway, my friend? The next big key takeaway is going to be Liam Lawson. Um, big key takeaway there is. I think another solid weekend for him. Um, he did finish a lap down, and, but he was P11, which, you know, again, uh, last time out in Singapore, he gave the Alphatari the best finish they'd had all year, finished in the points. Um, and, you know, he followed it up with the P11. Again, not in the points, which is unfortunate, but, uh, you know, solid weekend from him. And, you know, I think he is performing well. Again, he is uh, beating Yuki. Uh, Yuki finished P12 and, um, you know, just all, all together a solid weekend from Liam. And, uh, you know, uh, he's doing good work to ensure himself a race seat for 2025, it sounds like. So we'll see about that. But, um yeah. yeah it was fun fun getting him getting to watch him race and fight for you know a points points position at different times during the race and ended up not working out but overall solid solid weekend from Liam Lawson again yeah I think I think it was a, a great weekend for him um and you know for him to beat Yuki again you know there's nothing more you can ask him to do you know your your first direct comparison is your teammate and if you're beating him you know, there's nothing more you can do um but i think the most important thing from liam lawson's weekend to me was his opening lap battle with yuki and him getting his elbows out multiple times throughout the lap and still ending up ahead of yuki even though he started behind him and you know showing that willingness to fight but he raced clean and, and raced fair and it was a good hard fought battle that he ended up winning. Um, and so I think like seeing his race craft and that was his most uh, important moment of the weekend. And I think it's most impressive to me. Yeah. Yeah. He, um, you know, right from the get go, he seemed like he had good pace in the Alpha Tauri or as good as pay, as good a pace as he can have in that car. And um, he, I think, like we've been talking about 
drivers getting the most out of their cars. I think he did that. He did that this weekend and um, made, you know, him beating Yuki. It's just one more data point. Um, Red Bull to look at and think about. So it's interesting. Well, as of time of recording this, we don't officially know who's going to be in the car for Qatar at AlphaTauri. So, and perhaps his final performance, I think he had a great weekend and, and did all that he could do. Yeah. Yeah. As much as I'd like to see him race again, I hope Daniel is back. So time will tell. Yes, yes. I wouldn't be surprised if, if uh, Liam was racing in Qatar, though. I would not be surprised. Yeah, I, I think I think the everything that I've heard has kind of said, I don't know, Daniel's questionable for Qatar, I guess would be one way you could put it in terms of sports injury terms. Formula One doesn't usually use that verbiage, but, <laughs> but other sports do. Um but yeah, I'd like to see him back, but I think probably more realistically, it's going to be Daniel will be back in Austin, which hey, yeah. that's fine by me. Yeah, as long as he's back. Yeah, they did say that he was going to do the simulator session on Monday, uh, and they would decide based off that. So we'll have more information soon at uh, the beginning of next week uh, on his recovery and on if he'll be driving in Qatar. Uh, and so that'll be, that'll be good to see when it comes out. Um, but running through a couple other small things that happened this weekend. Um, how about those Alpine politics? Uh, I thought that was a very interesting part of the race weekend. I think Pierre Gasly was uh, the quicker and faster driver of the weekend. Esteban Ocon gets put on a different strategy and ends up undercutting him. Uh, the team lets Pierre through, but doesn't say to Pierre that he'll have to let Esteban back through at the end, uh, and then on the last lap, uh, or last couple of laps, asked Pierre to let Esteban through. Pierre is visibly upset about it, but he does it. Uh, and then two very different reactions from the drivers at the end. Esteban saying that that was just according to the rules, and you know Pierre should have been upset. And then Pierre just visibly upset about it. So very interesting stuff from within the Alpine team. Yeah, I did. I thought that was very interesting as well. Um, honestly, part of me was surprised that Pierre did it. Pierre let him back through, um, you know. But I also understand that there isn't a lot of uh, <laughs> a lot of good things going for Alpine right now in terms of like you know their staff and probably being in the garage is not the most enjoyable uh, team to be be you know in the most enjoyable garage to be in right now but um i thought it was interesting that pierre actually uh abided by that request and let let him back through but yeah definitely you know strange to see and pierre uh is actually the one ahead in the driver standings right now uh and i believe if he had finished p9 he would have tied with lance stroll for an amount of points, uh, and since Pia has the higher finish, that would have put him in the top 10 of the driver's standing uh, if they had done that. Um, but who knows, maybe Alpine was just so confident that Lance Stroll is not going to even come close to scoring another point this year that Pia Gasly will have another chance. Well, you know, 
if they're truly betting on that, I don't know that that's a bad bet. So we'll see. Yeah, we will see. Uh, and then another thing in a similar vein, um, Mercedes almost having kind of a, a similar incident. Uh, you know, Lewis shoving George off the track earlier in the, the race, prompting, you know, a bit of a reaction from George and then getting to the end of the race when they're trying the alternate strategy with George. He's on old tires and wanting to do something similar to what Carlos Sainz did. Um, but the team told him no. Lewis was fighting not to do it. And then uh, they let Lewis by. George ends up getting overtaken by Carlos. Um, yeah, what are your thoughts on on that little incident at Mercedes? Yeah, I thought it was interesting as well. Um, I think it looked like maybe George was on the wrong strategy, uh, maybe, and he was, you know, trying to make an adjustment to get the most out of that situation. And yeah, kind of interesting, you know, dynamics. Um, I think at some point Mercedes will be in the future. Mercedes will be back to, you know, closer to the front and it's going to be interesting how they manage the relationship between George and Lewis. And I think we're kind of uh, seeing little peeks into what that might be like. Um, And, uh, you know, I think that was kind of what happened here. Very interesting scenario. um, But yeah, kind of strange. And it just makes me wonder a lot about the, management of that relationship between George and Lewis and kind of what what the Monday morning debrief was like at the Mercedes uh, um, trailer. Yeah, yeah, definitely interesting. I think I think it would have made more sense to, you know, at least attempt what George wanted. I think Lewis would have had an easier time keeping Carlos behind than George did, obviously. Uh, And George would have let Mm -hmm. him do on on the last lap. But you know, hindsight is twenty twenty, um, but it will be interesting to see how Mercedes handles that once they do have have a good car at the front again. Because uh, I, I bet they don't necessarily want another Lewis Hamilton Nico Rosberg type relationship. So we'll have to see how how that turns out. Um, but that's yeah. enough talking about general topics of the race weekend. So it's time for our rapid fire segments as we close out this podcast, who was your podium pusher of the weekend? Which driver stood on the top step above the rest for you this weekend? For me, um, I got to go back to Oscar Piastri. Um, I think, you know, just a very solid weekend from him all around. And it was really enjoyable for uh, me to watch him and he was you know he did exactly what I wanted him to do he put it on the front row uh, he got his first podium which is awesome and a Red Bull still won the race so it was the perfect scenario for me I wanted Oscar to be successful but not at the expense of Max Verstappen winning the race so you know that was the perfect scenario for me so Oscar Piastri, my podium pusher of the weekend. Yes, I agree. Who is your podium pusher, Justin? 
Uh, my podium pusher is Max Verstappen. It has to be. I mean, it, he didn't do anything wrong, couldn't have done anything more. Lead all the practices, get pole, win the race, get fastest lap, win Constructors Championship for your team. And I mean, lapped probably more cars than he has all year. It was just an effortly, effortlessly dominant display for Max this weekend. And uh, I think he has to be my podium pusher. That, that is a great, great decision, a great selection. Max had a great weekend. Oscar had a great weekend. Lando had a great weekend. Even Charles, I think, a little bit. He had a good weekend. That was a strong feeling from him in P4. That was good to see him closer to the front again. So that was nice as well. It was nice to see him bounce back. He was almost in the podium fight for a little bit. Uh, Just didn't work out for him. But, yes, I think solid. Solid weekend from him. Good bounce back after... uh, being behind Carlos for a little bit. So good solid bounce back for Charles. Good to see. Good to see. Um, new addition to the podcast this weekend, uh, this week, adding our back marker of the weekend. You know, we crowned the top, got to crown the worst. Who was your worst driver this weekend? My worst driver this weekend. I've been in between two. Um, in I'm in between two as well, in... so you say one of them and I'll say the other one. Okay. All right. We've we've already talked about one of the ones that I'm thinking about, so I'm going to go with the other other one. Um, I am going to go – my back marker of the weekend is Valtteri. Um, just not a great showing from Valtteri. Um, we talked about him a little bit in our – mid-season review um, and the way he was trending in the first half of the season. And it is definitely uh, now, I think, become clear that in this, so far in the second half of the season, Valtteri is trending down. Um, And this race was just another data point in that he qualified he didn't get out of q1 qualified 16th and then ended up retiring in the race pretty early on um so yeah unfortunate for valtteri um but the results are the results and they speak for themselves i think i think like we mentioned earlier he can be doing more to push his team forward um i think maybe valtteri has been spending a lot of mental energy thinking about racing bikes instead of formula one cars recently. And maybe, I don't know, that's what's causing his recent downturn, but yeah, back marker the weekend for me, fell three about this. Yeah. Uh, I could see that for sure. I think definitely he and Joe Guan Yu, neither of them had great weekends. Neither of them have been having great weekends for the past few races, but I think, you know, knowing Valtteri, the potential that he has, the fact that he won races in the Mercedes and kept up with Lewis Hamilton on his day. Uh, yeah, I definitely think his performances uh, comparatively have been have been more disappointing than Joe's for sure. Um, but I am a little bit surprised because I thought we were going to be thinking about the same two drivers. And since we, since we spent 
so much time talking about Sergio Perez earlier. I'll talk about someone else as well, even though Sergio probably did have the worst weekend of anybody, but we belabored that enough. Uh, so I'll say my back marker of the weekend is Logan Sargent, uh, which is unfortunate okay. because, you know, it's great having an American driver on the grid. I would love to continue to have an American driver on the grid. And Logan seems like a nice guy, but as the Williams has gotten better, his results have not. This was another weekend knocked out in Q1 when Alex Alvin made it out in the Q2. Um, you know, he is the reason that Valtteri retired early in the race, um, just with a very, very sloppy move. Um, and so I just think as he's fighting for this seat, he just hasn't had a weekend um, in a long time, it feels like, where he hasn't, you know, had some kind of incident he had the incident at Zanvoort, he had the incident at Singapore last week, uh, now he just had this incident in Japan with Valtteri this week, and so he's costing the team money, he's not getting results, um, and so part of me was thinking that they were holding out until Austin to renew him, now I don't know if they will, but, you know, if Liam has got that seat tied up with Red Bull and AlphaTauri, maybe they will uh, anyways, but yeah, I think Logan is just trending downward pretty harshly recently over the past few weeks. I think it just continued this weekend with another another sloppy weekend and, and performances that were pretty far off his teammate. Yeah. Um I agree with that that choice. I think I think that is a good choice. Well yeah, like like I said, while it is unfortunate that um Valtteri and Logan had that incident and that's why Valtteri retired from the race. Also, you know, if Valtteri was able to get it out of Q1, he probably wouldn't have been in that scenario. Uh, <laughs> but back to Logan. Yeah, it was a disappointing weekend from him. It seems like this whole second half of the season has been just a lot of uh, things happening, a lot of crashes for Logan, which is unfortunate because I would love to... Uh, love to see more of him uh, and I'd love to see him drive a faster car see what he could do in a faster car but I don't know right now it's not looking like we're going to get that opportunity so hopefully hopefully Logan gets his maiden uh, Formula 1 podium in Austin and turns everything around but we'll see podium in Austin that would be crazy uh, it would be wild it, maybe you know, points we'll settle for points um, <laughs> yeah uh, the thing is, is, is he is driving a faster car now. That's the problem. The Williams is faster than it was at the start of the year, and it's it's probably not the worst car on the grid anymore. Uh, but him still That's qualifying true. last and languishing back there uh, definitely takes some of the rookie excuses away from him. And uh, I think he's just not just not performing well overall at the moment. But yeah. enough about Logan. We don't want to make him feel too bad. We know he's listening. Um, so. Let's look back on the wonderful predictions uh, that we made for the Japanese Grand Prix before we look ahead to Qatar. What was your first prediction for the Japanese Grand Prix? My first prediction was that Sergio Perez would finish outside of the points. And boy, did he. So check on that one. One for one so far. 
I know. I almost want to give you like two points for that because homie finished the race twice outside the points. Uh, but you're right. You're right. That's not. It's not how it's going to go down in the stat sheet. Uh, but I think that is is a great first prediction from you. Great first prediction from you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, my first prediction uh, was that both Alpines would be knocked out in Q2. They wouldn't make it to Q3. And that one is also correct. And I almost want bonus points for this, but I'm not going to take it. But if you go back and listen to the last podcast, when I was justifying why they would be knocked out, I said that you would probably get a 12th and a 14th out of Alpine. And that's exactly what they qualified. So as far as first predictions go, I don't think they'd get much better than that. I think I crushed it. Yeah, absolutely. It's a nail right on the nose. Um, yeah, 12th and 14th. You can go back and listen. Um, and yeah, you got it exactly right. So beautiful, beautiful prediction debut. What was your second prediction? My second prediction was that Liam Lawson would continue his run of form and finish in the points. And unfortunately, we came really close. Liam got P11, but 0 for 1 on that one. But that's okay. He had a solid weekend. Did have a solid weekend. As much as I would have liked. Yeah, as much as I would have liked to predict him finishing in the points, it didn't happen, but that's okay. Yeah, solid weekend. Not solid enough to to get you the point for predicting it correctly. Uh, my second prediction, and I'm willing to go to battle for this. I predicted that Max Verstappen would win by a handy amount, and I specifically said that he would win by 20 seconds. You you specifically did, <laughs> and he won. I, I remember that, and I was I was waiting for us to talk about this. <laughs> He won by 19.4 seconds, man. But homie was, he was coasting the last half of that lap. You know, he had 20 seconds in the bag. He just was easing off at the end. So I feel like that's at least half a point for me. Yeah, you know what? I'll give you half a point for sure. 19.4. Let's go. That's pretty close. And, you know, Max also took home fastest lap. So I say extra point for Max, be maybe extra half point for Justin. Yeah, he'll split that fastest lap point with me. I appreciate it, Max. There you go. All right. Well, one and a half out of two for me this weekend. One out of two for Brandon this weekend. Gives me the half point lead as we go into Qatar. What is your first prediction uh, for the Qatar Grand Prix? My first prediction for the Qatar Grand Prix. Um, let's see. I my this is kind of maybe a little bit uh, way out of left field, but I'm gonna say that one Haas as a team scores a point this weekend. Okay. Okay. I like it. I like there, it. I'm there's a sprint sure. race and yeah, and the regular race, so there's more opportunity. Um, and you know, it's the end of the season. Uh, it's a new track, well, not completely new, but 
a track that a lot of drivers haven't been to before. Um, and, you know, anything can happen in a sprint weekend. So I'm going to say maybe Nico Hulkenberg uh, puts it into SQ3 or something and then maybe finishes P8. We'll see. We'll see yeah. in the sprint. I, I think yeah. the sprint is definitely the best choice, best chance. Um, you know, the, the big problem is tire wear. So maybe not having to worry about a pit stop could help them out and they could hold on for a point. That's a, that's a bold prediction. That's a bold prediction. I like it, though. I like it. My first prediction is that Lance Stroll will not make it out of Q1 again. Okay. That, that's a... A solid prediction. I like it. It's uh, it's definitely been the trend so far recently. Is Lance not making it out of Q one? But uh, yeah, but we'll say Let, let's clarify this though. Yeah, that's the thing. Is the thing makes it bold. Is I'm saying he's been doing it twice in one weekend. That homie's not making it out of Q one. Okay. Like okay. he will not partake okay. in in a, a qualifying session beyond the first one in either of uh of the qualifyings this weekend. So I think that's, that's a bold okay. prediction. He's got two chances this weekend and I'm saying he's not getting either one of them. Okay. There we go. That's what I was just about to ask is, is are we saying, which one are we saying? Are we saying both? But yeah, it's a bold prediction. And, I should have, you know, I should have left it in ambiguity. So I could have claimed either one whenever we <laughs> do our podcast next week. <laughs> But I'll be bold. Yeah. I'll stick to my guns and say he can't get out in either one. Well, that's good. I think uh, I think Lance will probably deliver on that for you. But again, <laughs> so it's a time will tell. <laughs> oh man! All right. What is your second and final prediction? Second and final prediction. Hmm. Let's see. My second and final prediction is that we are going to see at some point in either the sprint or the full length race, three different teams on one of those podiums, if that makes sense. So either the sprint will have three different teams or the full race will have three different teams on the podium. Okay. Okay. I'll allow it. So, I'll I'll allow it. You know, you're you're casting a wide net, and I like your strategy. I like it, uh, and I could see that happening. Sure, I could see a Red Bull, McLaren, Ferrari type of deal. I could see it. I could see it. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, I don't know. I'm getting excited for the sprint weekend already. So, I think that's uh, you know, that's kind of making me think that anything can happen, really. So. We'll see. It could all it could all come true for me in this in the in the sprint before Sunday even happens. We could have Haas finishing in the points and three other teams on the podium. So. I don't know. You could be we'll just see. chilling, easy watching the race on Sunday. No pressure. That would be nice for you. <laughs> um, fortunately, I will not have that same thing because this is a, a Sunday prediction. Uh, no, that's not true. I'm changing it. If you're getting to do both the races for your second prediction, I'm going to do both the races for my second prediction. I said that Go Fernando Alonso is going to return to the top five. Uh, and so I think he had a bad weekend in Singapore, um, You know, finished eighth in Japan. Uh, I think that 
Aston Martin is for sure the fourth or the fifth fastest car at each weekend. So I think him getting into the top five would be him outperforming that car quite a bit. Uh, and so I think he returns this weekend. He was on the podium last time we were in Qatar. Uh, and so I think it's, it's shaping up for a great weekend for Fernando and he's going to return in the top five. Yeah, that'll be awesome. I was going to say last time we were, we raced in Qatar, Fernando outperformed the car he was driving then as well. So, that's true. Um, yeah, I think I think that's a good prediction, and yeah, definitely uh, give you the option for both races because that's only fair. That's only I also fair. took that opportunity. So, all right. Well, that brings us to the end of another incredible podcast. I had an incredible time sitting here and talking to you about Formula One, as I always do. What is your final podium push and thought to leave these lovely folks with today, Brandon. Final thought um, is I guess maybe similar to last week, but it was a great race, great weekend. Um, the Max Verstappen Revenge Tour made its first stop in Japan. and uh, Can't wait up in Qatar. And yeah, it's going to be good. We're getting closer to Austin. I'm getting more excited for that. Um, get to watch Formula One live and in person, uh, which is incredible. So, yeah, looking forward to what's coming next in the season. Qatar, new track, our trip to Austin, which is going to be amazing. Las Vegas, incredible race. So, lots of good things to come. It's going to be awesome. Uh, so. Good things to come. It is going to be incredibly awesome. Did Max did Max win Qatar last time we were there? Or was it Lewis? I think it was Lewis, actually. I, I, I think, think it was Lewis, Lewis too. I think it was Lewis. But I think it's going to be Max this weekend. I think it's going to be Max <laughs> <laughs> next weekend. Yeah, that'd be, I think he gets it this time. <laughs> yeah. It'd be wild yeah. if Lewis won. It'd be crazy. But. It would, it would be crazy. Wouldn't wouldn't put it past them, but I think it's gonna be Max. Um, yeah. yeah, I just echo that completely. Always a pleasure to get to come and do this podcast. Have a a great time. Very much so. Enjoying it. Just excited for the future of the season, but also the future of the Podium Push Podcast. We've got a lot of exciting things ahead, and just love being on this journey with you, Brandon, and uh, with all of you guys listening. So. Thank you once again for another amazing episode, and we will talk to you guys again soon. See ya. See ya.